Welcome to Politics well, and Right. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. Thank you so kindly for being here. Good morning, Houston. Buenos dias. Good morning to Harris County. Good morning to the state. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. The Texans, of course, good morning, United States of America. Good morning, the rest of the world. How's everybody doing today? I know we're all doing fine because, you know, we're just getting out of the weekend, baby. And here in Texas, it's not as hot as it has been. In fact, for this tropical kind of guy, it's very, very cool this morning at a great 60 degrees. Oh, I'm freezing. Anyhow, folks, uh, let's go ahead and talk to our resident geniuses in the control room. How are my peeps doing? (laughs) Thank you, Egberto. We are doing just fine. You are talking about the 58 degrees and 60 degrees being freezing. Well, after the summer of total, you know, bakery, I suppose that is freezing. Yes. But we're doing pretty good this morning. Uh, let's see. We almost started to let uh, Mark Antoine's Unity play through your theme and let you come in after that. But Harry would have been happy, but you might not have been. So uh, we're going to come on. You know, I'm an easygoing guy, man. Come on. Oh, you know. yeah. But that's that's like a seven minute long song. So oh, OK. OK. <laughs> we'll be, OK. We'll be hijacking your show here for music, which oh, we're okay. going to have later on today. So uh, I want you to tune in for that. We've got our brand new lineup starting today. Marcus will be taking Monday and Tuesday, 930 to noon. Uh, Clint Broussard is going to step up and do Wednesday. 9.30 to noon, Wednesday and Thursday, then I will be returning to the radio regularly on Fridays for Rockin' Fridays and Request Fridays, too. So it's going to be... I am going to have to... Uh, I'm going to have to set my alarm, man, because, you know, the man is back. Oh, Lord. Train wrecks abound here. <laughs> <laughs> now we have some wisdom from Jack. Speaking of untrained wrecks, Jack, what you got? I'm an untrained wreck. <clears throat> Okay, this is a uh, good morning, Egberto. Good morning, sir. Okay, this is for the ladies. Uh, ladies, we have not forgotten your struggle with police pulling suspicious-looking women seeking refuge from the cruelty of the men in politics who seek domination over women's bodies using the religious right to keep them in power with their vote. Come on, men. Take responsibility for your part. Stand with and support the women and their struggle with women's reproductive rights. Absolutely. 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 Couldn't have said it any better. Well, guys, thank you so kindly, folks. Today, we have a great lineup for you. First of all, we well, the three topics. I'm still trying to figure out which one I'm going to do first as I'm speaking to you right now. Gates lies again. Swing voters breaking Biden. Uh, Pence slams Trump, MAGA, West Virginia left. 
Welcome aboard, Melody Keelin, me equivoqué, el podcast. ¿Cómo estás, mi hermana? En Barcelona, Spain. All right, we have uh, the subtitle is Matt Gates lies on Meet the Press about Trump's economy and tax cuts. Swing voters uh, so far are breaking for Biden. And we have the evidence, some evidence of that in the way some Republicans And moderates are thinking in Pennsylvania. Uh, Pence grew a spine and digs Trump and MAGA in a recent interview. And West Virginia is right, ripe to go left. West Virginia is ripe to go left. I think I'm going to start there. You know, a lot of folks, uh, you know, tomorrow I have, uh, I'm supposed to have Daniel Cohen, uh, president of Indivisible Houston, talking about uh, the talking about the vote in Harris County. But as you know, Harris County is a bellwether. And as a bellwether, the rest of the country is watching. Anyway, folks, remember, there are several ways to get our program. First of all, you can go ahead and turn that dial to 9.1 FM Houston, and you can listen on air alternatively. Go ahead and download the TuneIn app at the Apple Store or the Android Store alternatively and write and, and look for KPFT and you can find us there in both both our channels the HD1 channel and the HD2 channel both of them are always active you can also go to kpft.org kpft.org and click that listen button while you're there remember this is a public radio station a community radio station and as such we're always in need of your support so go ahead and hit donate and please donate in the name of politics done right later on this week starts our fun drive but we are going to continue to have programming here on politics done right because i am going to will i'm going to say my Dear brothers and sisters who listen every morning are going to go ahead and make sure that I can raise that amount, that hourly amount of about 300 bucks I got to raise every day. I'm pretty sure that while we're talking here, you guys are going to make sure to call in and keep that going. Likewise, um, you can go to you can watch us right now with my Rock Knox shirt on. Is it Rock Knox? Rock Shocks. Uh, biking shirt on you can go to facebook.com slash kpft houston we'll be right there you can go to uh as well listen on youtube by going to politics tv politics tv of course all the podcast clips etc can be gotten at politics slash podcast so if i don't get to a particular subject you can always find what we intended to talk about today by going to politics slash newsletter for the entire program and politics slash podcast to get the clips Again, politicsandright.com slash newsletter for everything we don't cover. Folks, this is a call-in show. Give us a call, 713-526-5738. Look, this is your show, and I really mean it is your show. And as much as I prepare the, the program, if you call in and want to talk about something else, that's what we do. And the reason why we do that, again, like I said, you can always get the show online, the, the clips that we intended to cover, etc., etc., Etc. Anyway, let's go ahead and get busy. Don't forget, though, give us a call 713-526-5738. 713-526-5738. Extension number two. Okay. The, the the first subject I'm going to tackle is though it's not the video. It's actually an article 
from Common Dreams. As you guys know, I love Common Dreams. It's one of those rags. It's not the standard news rag. It's a rag of good journalists really wanting to make a difference. And today's article actually is put out by Richard Escrow. And the reason I brought that article is because I want to contrast it with an article written by uh, another somebody. I don't call him a friend. It's an acquaintance that I've made at certain conferences. And that is the one and only. uh, Well, well, let me let me back up. I, I want to cover the one from, I think, Teacher. That's the, the contrast to, to one of those articles. Anyway, let's go ahead and start with the Common Dream article. It says, could the left actually win back Trump country? Trump country being, you're talking about West Virginia. And, and the reason I, I use that is West Virginia would seem to be even more red than Texas. And we know if you look at Congress, our legislature, we have supermajority of Republicans, a supermajority of MAGAs here in Texas. So you would think Texas is red. I have been talking about Texas not being red, this country not being red. I've been talking about this country being a progressive country to everybody who would listen. And my contention is that we have to get out. We have to start using the Howard Reynolds corollary. And what is the Harold Reynolds corollary? The Harold Reynolds, you know, our master engineer out there in the studio, is vote, vote, vote. You look at the voter participation in primaries that actually give us those who we are going to vote for in the final election, and you understand what is occurring with the country. And all those elitists in Washington have it wrong. They don't understand people. They don't understand their fellow brothers and sisters. You all know that my part, my my way of being, my belief is that, you know, when we talk about love everybody, etc., it's not, it's not a it's not something to sound nice, right? It's about meeting people. And as you meet people, as you watch people, you realize all the theories that you have when you watch national TV or when you watch all this, it's wrong. Look, I live in a very conservative area, very conservative area in a blue county. And the interesting thing about the conservative, am I happy? Yeah. Would I have liked more folks to be liberal and progressive? Yeah. But here's the the kicker. Ironically, my very conservative folks, when it comes to their personal wants and needs, they're pretty damn progressive. But they all follow their this cultural way of being to be where they are, and that is the that is the section that the the elitist uh, the elitist consultants, specifically to the Democratic Party, fail to see. Are these people in general that we like to think have horns nice? Do you all remember the stories I talk about when I have great interaction with people here in the uh, in my my community, and when one woman realized that I was a very very progressive very left guy uh when when uh, have great conversation 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 just fine share the same kind of interests etc and then when i finally opened up and said but i'm a left-wing progressive real left left of probably left of bernie sanders she looked at me straight in the eye and said but you're so nice 
but it wasn't me being nice. It's me being us, right? And that is what folks fail to see. It's easy to caricature people. So getting back to this article, could the left actually win back Trump country in West Virginia? The left never lost it. The left never lost it. The right never won it. So here we go. I spoke with Troy, executive producer of Zero Hour in his capacity as member of the executive committee of the West Virginia Democratic Party. We discussed the party's reception, recent adoption of an ad- updated version of FDR's Economic Bill of Rights. And anybody who, uh, who wants to understand what the middle class really wants and need, look up on my site, egbertowillies.com. I'm just telling you to look up uh, because I have it all partitioned along with the video. Second Bill of Rights, Roosevelt. Okay, I have it with a video and some text around to kind of give it some context. Anyway, could it revive their political fortunes? This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Here's a clue from something I wrote several years ago and never published. This is from uh, Richard Esco. It concerns McDowell County, West Virginia, the state's poorest county, which I researched as Bernie Sanders' speech writer for a speech he gave it there in 2016. Coastal journalists view rural people as an alien species. That is, when they think of them at all, when they cover them, they sound like amateur entomologists pondering the consciousness of bugs under glass, snake handling features prominently in their coverage, even though it's only practiced in a tiny handful of mostly informal churches. According to the media narrative, in 2016, the reptile-loving hillbillies of journalistic imagination embraced another cold-blooded creature, Donald Trump. A typical post-election photo essay on McDowell County was headlined, the count, This County Gives a Glimpse at the America That Voted Trump Into Office. Step r- right up, city folks. See the strange creatures with whom you share a nation. It gets better, folks. It gets better. The county's voting results fed the media perennial appetite for exoticizing rural people. Oh, make rural people exotic. Those crazy people. Not true. By the way, my first instance in America was in a place called Brenham, Texas. And I don't mean the Brenham, Texas of today. I mean the Brenham, Texas of yesteryear, when Brenham, Texas was fairly rural and all of that. And I tell you, uh, this kid from Panama went to Brenham and was embraced in Brenham. I have some issues that have happened. I wrote about that in uh, in one of my books called uh, uh, Tribulations of Afro-Latino Caribbean Man. But I tell you something. I still loved Brenham, Texas. Rural town, people care about people, and all the issues that you have, 
racially and otherwise, there as well. But you know what? I enjoyed Brenham. But I'll talk about that another time. The county's voting results fed the media's perennial appetite for exoticizing rural people, making them exotic. And yet, despite coverage like why the poorest county in West Virginia has faith in Donald Trump, the picture wasn't nearly as clear as their coverage would have it. For one thing, McDowell County's population was 8.2% black, which isn't all that different from the national average of 12.4%. Actually, I don't know if I agree with him. At 8% versus 12% is huge. That's a 30% swing, okay? Come on now. But that's what he wrote. And yet, black people rarely figured in their condescending Beverly Hillbillies team narrative. They, they got the politics wrong, too. Here's how McDowell County voted in the 2016 primaries. 785 votes, Donald Trump. Hillary Clinton, 817 votes. Bernie Sanders, 1,488 votes. In other words, Bernie Sanders likely got almost the same amount of votes as Clinton and Trump combined. That's right. The Democratic Socialists got more votes than Trump or Clinton by a factor of nearly two to one. The general election results were as follows, however. Hillary Clinton, 1,438 votes, less than Sanders received in the primary. Donald Trump got 4,629 votes. And the, the, people, the amount of people who declined to participate was 11,433. So the amount of people that didn't participate was greater, was almost twice as much as the combined vote of Hillary and Donald Trump. That's the magic. That is saying neither one of them spoke to most people. So calling that 25% of the people voted for Donald Trump and that made it MAGA country is, is, is futile. It actually says you're not doing your homework. It's actually saying, hey, nobody won. This is a county that cares about neither of them. Okay? So you have to go deeper. You have to go deeper. And that's not what the elitists in Washington do as they're advising Democrats at all. They're just looking at what at the people who are activated. What they should be looking at or what they should be saying to themselves is shame. Because what they're saying is that Trump was able to activate more of those people than they were able to go get. And the pool of people to be activated is much greater than the combined vote of the Republicans and the Democrats. So while we use the voting results as somehow maligning hillbillies, maligning different kind of folk, and they, you know, uh, all of this, we have to look at it, you know, look from look at it as if it were an engineering problem. And the engineering problem says that what we're seeing so far is not what America truly is. What America truly is is a scared nation that doesn't know. I know the vote people are going to say, but look at what the polls say. It shows that the, that the, the numbers are close between Biden and Trump. Should these votes says that shouldn't surprise you at all, right? 
And it shouldn't surprise you because until somebody comes out there and really says the things that I am, how I am going to make life better. I know a lot of folks like to say some people vote against their own interests because of racial issues. That's true. Some people vote against their better interests because of culture. That is true. But let me tell you a story. And I have those who have listened to my program for a long time. And Harry, I'm coming to you, but I want to get this thought out first. Those who have listened to my program for a long time, remember me telling this story, which I also wrote in, as I see it, class warfare, the only resort to right-wing doom. It's a story about the Obama election in 2016. I originally, when, you know, as a, as a person who's a, who caucus with the Democrats, I was going to, uh, you know, I was supporting initially Hillary Clinton. And why was I doing it? My thing is what is best for society as a whole that can win, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So that was my belief. Wrong, but that was my belief early in 2015, I believe it was. And, uh, you know, the election kept on moving on and, you know, Obama started to gain some traction. Uh, Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton said something in South Carolina when Jesse Jackson won that pissed me off. What did uh, Clinton, in effect, did the same thing that a lot of right wingers would do in the way they disparaged the black vote. Uh, the black vote went for Jesse Jackson and they made the impression that the black vote went for Jesse Jackson because, uh, you know, hey, black people vote for black people, white people vote for white people. Look, I can tell you in the, in the case of black folk, black folk vote for the people that they somehow think going to screw them the least. That's what generally happens, right? And so in the case of what happened with Jesse Jackson and Hillary Clinton, that's how that population felt. That's how that population felt there. And Bill Clinton disparaged it. And I was like, oh, no, I, you know, he proves to be that he, you know, that he's just, that was just an act about, you know, being the, you know, going and, and trying. Anyway, after that, I gave Obama a second look. I, I I need to back up from some of that stuff with the Jesse Jackson thing because I'm mixing up two different elections, but forget about that for now. Um, but I jumped on to the um to the to the Obama thing when uh, Clinton said something about his wife. That's what it was, his wife, not Jesse Jackson. But anyhow, uh, I still was a bit hesitant, but all here in Kingwood and in other places. I was watching how Obama was growing. And I mean, here in Kingwood, a whole lot of Republicans were having house parties because Obama had gone to the universities and he had turned these students out and turned them on. And they were coming home and talking about this great guy and bringing their books for their parents to read. And these, I mean, I was in shock here in Kingwood, the amount of homes that were there supporting Obama and all of that. So, you know, I'm, I'm like, wow, because, we, you know, we're canvassing for him, etc. You know, I was still hopeful, but thinking, you know, this guy can't win the election. No black man's going to win an election in, in 20, uh, 2008 in, in the United States of America. And then 
they, uh, the people caucusing in Pennsylvania were going from home to hope in working class neighborhoods. And the canvasser said, went to this home and he went and the woman was at the door and he said, hey, um, uh, who are you voting for? They're taking their canvas, they're taking things down. And the people said, I am uh, the wife turned to the husband, turned around to the husband. I don't know why she thought she needed to do this, but she turned to the husband and she said, honey, who are we voting for? And the husband said, uh, let them know that we're voting for the N guy. And you know what N is the N word guy. Okay. At that point, you know, people, people take offense and all of that to that. The words don't mean a damn thing to me. I laugh at people who say different kind of things because to me it's like a mental deficiency that folks have but anyhow that's what the person said i'm voting for the end person i remember coming home and saying oh my god obama is going to win the election and the reason i said that is it's he was able to supersede people's prejudices that's what that meant and I'm using the same corollary, not corollary, but the same way when we talk about West Virginia and other parts of America. People have all kinds of reasons that have no economic value for why they vote. But ultimately, when things get to a particular stage, that is superseded. That is what progressives in, I should say progressives, Democrats in red states have failed to do by having these armchair elitist liberals in Washington dictating how you are going to talk to people, who you are going to talk to, who you are going to respect, the respect that you give people, determine their vote. Democrats and the policies they support or purport to support. Notice I didn't say just support. Policies Democrats purport to support if they went into these places, and I don't mean during elections or five months before an election or six months before election, but be a part of the community. I can tell you what I see in Kingwood, Texas, a very red area that shouldn't be red. I see investment in churches. I see investment in clubs. I see investments in all these things where they're touching people, they're hugging people, they're backslapping people. I tell you what I don't see in Kingwood, though we've tried it with our, our organizations, our democratic organizations in Kingwood. You know, there was a time that I, you know, for a short time, I was the president of the Kingwood area Democrats. And I tell you one thing that I, as president, I did, and I see other great guys like the current president of the humble area Democrats and others doing the touchy feely thing, talking to the people, everybody, you know, not making assumptions about people. I see that type of engagement that isn't supported by the finances of the party. In other words, what am I saying? It's not the people, it's the engagement with the people. It's the respect you give to the people. When I make the statement, when we unite Appalachia, the barrios and the ghettos, 
That is exactly what I mean. And who is going to do that other than the people that are able to do that on the ground? Not an elitist putting out an ad on TV. Not an elitist trying to do a, 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 phone, a phone poll and then saying, this is what the poll says. That doesn't work. Because the people that you want to answer the phone for a poll are not the people that you want to actually go out there and vote. Anyway, let's go to Harry. Come on into the fold, brother Harry. Good morning. Uh, nice to be in the fold again, Iberto. I trust that you had a good weekend with your family. Yes, sir. Uh, okay, good. Well, what I wanted to comment on is uh, Thursday's show in the last 10 minutes, I was just kudos and couldn't be happier. I applauded you in the last 10 minutes because I had talked to you earlier yes, on the sir. show. You had a guy named Bart that called up talking about uh, people who do not want to follow Trump's saying of make America great again to get out of this country. And I wanted to elaborate on that. Um, um, Trump stole that line from Ronald Reagan when he kicked off his campaign tour in 1980 in Pulaski, Tennessee, where the Ku Klux Klan was created, Make America Great Great Again. And I wanted to also comment on a Republican contributor who was supportive of the Iran, uh, the uh, uh, the Contra and the Santanista War. Uh, her, she's a, I know you've heard of her. Her name is Anna Navarro. Yes, absolutely. And, and she made some comments when Trump was running in 2016, he just said, it's not make America great again. Trump was talking about make America hate again. Let's yes. take this country back to a Jim Crow time where blacks uh, were segregated. Uh, Native people were more were also involved being segregated and uh, um, other people of color are being segregated and white people control and run everything. And we live in a segregated society. He was talking to white supremacy people. And I'm glad you set him straight when you said that these people of color, when they say that, when, when was America ever great for them? You look at the slavery, you look uh, uh, uh the African, you look at the slaughtering of the native people and you look at how the Chinese were mistreated when they came here to work on the railroad and they had to deal with all these stereotypes and characters. And you were saying how, telling Bart that, look, America was never great for those people. Those people just want to be on the same level playing field as white people. That's why they fought so hard for all to get equal rights. And white people in the, um, today have, with the Supreme Court and all the way it is, have just tried to take the, the progress that we that colored people have made in this country away. So you were saying America was never great for these people. Um, but, it, you know, so I applaud you on that, that you did that. And I remember um, you did a show in 20, uh, when uh, you used to have your show at, at 12 noon. You mm -hmm. did a show one day with, Dr., with uh, Professor Richard Wolf. And yes. Richard Wolf was talking about uh, capitalism. He was talking about after World War II, how the United States became the dominant currency. And we had 75 years. Uh, of, of the, being the leader in the world, um, and everybody shared in that prosperity. And I remember and I was listening to that day, and I remember you saying to Dr. Professor Wolf, um, no, and you said not everybody. You were talking about the race, racism, mm -hmm. and the racial disparities that go on. So kudos to you, Alberto. I'm glad you set 
Bart Wright, and he also said some things on Friday when he was talking about crime uh, and how um, there's so much crime going on in in uh, in, in um, Houston, and and um, I believe a couple of callers of yours set him straight that he didn't have his facts right. And then you wanted to tell him, you told him it, where you live in Kingwood and the book that you wrote, How to Talk to Your Right-Wing Neighbor, that you are being, you're an activist and you're trying to get everybody on the same level playing field. And like you said there a little while ago in your piece, you were talking about how, um, um, how white America feeling wrong, MAGA people, they want the same thing that liberals want, but they uh, are just afraid. And they, mm -hmm. they're afraid that something's being taken from them because the demographics in this country have been changing. And they, they, they're just not used to that. And, and then you have racists like Donald Trump and other racists in the Republican Party, like a Jim Jordan or Ron DeSantis mm -hmm. or Josh Hawley, people like that, who spew off all this racism to scare white people. And then the white people who are not racist get scared into thinking, well, I better vote for these conservatives and take America back because we're losing something if we have colored people um, uh, be on the same level playing field because the racist ones the white America feeling wrong or the MAGA people you want to call feel that, oh, these colored people are taking over and taking our country. Well, it was never your country. You're an immigrant like other people, uh, and it was the native people's country. And you just want to keep white supremacy and white dominance going. And uh, it's just that that can't uh that just can't that can't um that that can't continue you, you, we Harry. have to be a comfortable raw one Go ahead. Harry, uh, let me first say, um, the, 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 you know, you had a whole, a whole lot to say, and I really wanted to continue letting you say that because, again, you were just very helpful to me because, you know, a lot of times I'm a talking head here saying things, and just to hear you repeat things that happened yesterday, things that happened with, with Richard Wolf, and some of the stuff that I said today makes it that I'm connecting. So I, I thank you for listening, yeah. and I thank you I also for... for, for yeah. So I, again, thank you. I need to go to another call. Give me a quick one sentence okay. to move on. Okay. I just say that we all have to be uh, as one. We all are human beings. We all want the same things. Um, and we just have to learn, to, you know, as, as Jesus talks about in many of those gospel books, that we have to treat each other the same and love one another and not hold the fact unfortunately you cannot some people just have trouble dealing with this and getting it thank, thank you harry hey up. harry <laughs> harry thank you thank you here's the deal harry i'm gonna tease you a little bit damn it bro i'm asking you for one sentence and you gave me 10 <laughs> all right brother Look, I hey i feel very strongly about this and i was very angry at bart i got uh, you brother no, I, I got you brother i got you i just had to play with you i just had to play with you brother know, got you all right, take care. Let's go to Donald. Come on in, Donald. You too, brother. Donald, come on in. Good, good morning, Egberto. Um, how are you today? I am fine, sir. How is my good old Donald doing this morning? Okay, I think you got your facts wrong because I think that um, Obama was from Chicago, if I believe right. So yes, he was. I don't know. I don't know exactly where he's at, but. 
if his wife looked at him, he said he was going to vote for his neighbor. I didn't know he lived in uh, Kingwood, Obama. Oh. Oh no 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 no! I you I must have I you must have misunderstood I, no, what I, I said. With you. Okay, but I, I I'm going. I was going to what what is Donald talking about? <laughs> <laughs> he voted for his neighbor, so that's okay. Uh, they've gone from shaking hands and kissing babies to now they go to you kiss their hand and they might shake your baby to get it away from them. That's it. <laughs> Why do you do this to me, Donald? Why do you do this to me, Donald? Donald, Donald. Hey, thank you, my brother. You have a great day, okay? Later. Yes, right. sir, you too. Bye-bye. All right, all right. Let's go to Will. Come on in, Will. Hey, good morning. Good morning, sir. Uh, yeah, I was actually wondering about, um, you know, what I was the, the events and uh, – uh, Israel have just been so uh, dramatic and and um, surprising. I was wondering why no one had uh, had brought that up yet. All right, let me let me be very honest with you. I I I purposefully didn't bring up Israel and 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 Palestine, and the reason why is um and and hear me out a bit here, okay? Because I I want to be very careful with what I'm going to say here, um. I my activism and my journalism is about progressive values, social uh, social justice, uh, racial justice in the United States, with the expectation that we promote it elsewhere. Uh, economic justice that's that's my thing. If I get deeply into the Israel Palestinian fight right now, the Israel-Palestinian opinion space right now, uh, it will detract from my main purpose. There are others who do that. And let me explain why. And I'm going to just say a short thing, and then I'm, I'm going to let you ask the question. And if I, if I decide to answer, I will. But I found it... First of all, anybody who wants to learn a lot about what's going on right now in Israel and Palestine on mainstream media, I suggest the only place you listen to it is with Ali Velshi and uh, Ali Velshi and Hassan, uh, uh, as well as Ayan Mohayadin on MSNBC. That's the only place you are going to get objective information. On the Israel-Palestinian event, those those three journalists—that's the only ones that I've watched all over the network—that has accurate information without trying to malign anybody. Now that said, what occurred in Israel is horrific. If my if my kid, my daughter, my mother, my brother, anybody else was pulled out of their home, uh, seven of hundred of them murdered and taken to another land another country oh yeah i would be upset i would be upset and mad that is barbaric but also barbaric is when the same thing happens on any land or any territory and what you saw occur in israel yet on on sunday morning is the is the life experience on a daily basis with debts etc in gaza 
and the West Bank. And that said, I'm, again, I'm not getting into the politics specifically, but I'm saying the same maiming debts, but on a constancy is what's occurring in these places. And if you watch CNN, ABC, CBS, and all these stories, you would never know that. You were never informed of that. You were never informed of that. All you know of the Palestinian-Israeli issue right now, and we're not getting into the politics about it, is that there are a hell of a lot of dead of, dead of our Israeli brothers and sisters at the behest of a terrorist organization called Hamas. That's all you know. But you don't know anything much else going on. That is all I'm willing to really say about the issue, Brother Will. Talk to me. Yeah, I mean, my thoughts are basically just the double standard where you have so many people talking about how we need to be sending billions of dollars of weapons to Ukraine to resist occupation from Russia. Mm -hmm. uh, in the meantime, we're actually sending money to Israel um, on a scale that really no other country um, can can match. Mm -hmm. uh, they're the actual colonial oppressors. And I, I think that your framing is, is, for the most part, correct. I would also add that, um, you know, under international law, uh, what uh, that you know, even um, you know, violent resistance is actually uh, legal against the occupation. And you know, frankly, there have been nonviolent protests on a massive scale, and uh, the the protesters uh, were just picked off by Israeli snipers and murdered. So you know, as John F. Kennedy said, when you make nonviolent revolution impossible, you make violent revolution inevitable. And I think that's part of what we're seeing right now. Uh, again, um, I, I, I'm not going to argue that you're correct because um, you know where my heart is. It's just that it isn't that isn't my particular um, area to uh, to activate for, if you will. But I leave that to you and you got your platform to put out a, a reality. So, you know, like I said, this is y'all show. And I appreciate your 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 I appreciate you bringing some reality to this to the um to the to the uh to the program anything else you want to add will oh yeah just thanks thanks for for having me on i, I really appreciate the chance to talk and i i certainly understand everyone has their own area of focus to the, uh but but uh yeah thanks again all right my brother you have a great day now okay uh let's go Thank ahead uh, and uh bring the other caller in i think it's going to be sure something but uh come on in how are you doing Good. I'm hoarse, but pretty good. Who good am morning. I speaking to? Thanks for taking my call. Thanks for taking my call. I, I have a displeasure about one thing. Yes, ma'am. Uh, uh, first of all, I didn't get your name. Give me your name. Oh, I'm short. Uh, Miss Gray. Miss <laughs> Gray. Okay. Hello, Miss Gray. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Uh, good morning to everybody. I hope you're feeling good. Listen, I have a, an issue with a young man who... Um, and I guess he's not the only one, but they wait until the very last minute to send information about uh, voting. Uh huh. I've had a lot of things going on this year, a lot of things, uh, adversity, arrows pointed at me and all that. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, you know, distracted from some things, especially politics, trying to take mm -hmm. care of my health. I received mail on Saturday regarding, guess what? Early vote. Mm -hmm. If I don't vote early this year, this will be the first time this has ever happened to me. That was supposed to be my reminder for early vote. When you have to do something by the 10th of the month, 
Oh, I got you. In other words, you have to do it by the 10th and you're just receiving it yesterday. Right, right, right. You know, why are you waiting until the very last minute to begin doing things? That is ridiculous. Yeah, it it is. It's mindless. You would expect better of those people, you know, because I think they should know better. Uh, It doesn't give a person time to do anything. You know, nothing. And so, like I, I said, I might not even be able to vote because of that. Well, you know, actually, the deadline for voting, I believe, is either today or tomorrow to, to register to vote. I think it's either today or yes. tomorrow. And that, those those um, mailers yes. should have gone out a long time ago. But that's, what I, that's why I say it's a minus for you to drop this off in the mail and have me get it on the Saturday before this. It's supposed to occur, you know? Right, right, right. I'm oh, with well, you. I'm, I, I happen to be one of those people who cannot move around unless someone takes me someplace. I don't drive anymore because of my vision. Right. And uh, I have other issues going along, too. Uh, the good uh, Social Security people have been denying me care for a good four years now. And I've been battling that on my own, you know? Um, uh, and uh, so it's a difficult thing. And I'm sure there are other people who have things going on in their life, too, that don't make uh, such things easily accessible. Right. You know, if Let I me ask vote, you something, ma'am, uh, about your voting situation. Let me ask you, are you registered to vote or or not? I've always been registered to vote and have always voted. But okay, so I... They're messing with your ability to do so. You don't want to be uh, dealt with in such a manner. As no, this. no. Here's what I'm asking. I'm asking is, are you talking about the, you're not talking about the ballot that you received, right? Mail. I've been voted by mail for years. Okay. 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 The ballot by I mail, I, I, the ballot by mail is not what's due on the 10th. Okay. It's registration to vote that's due, I think, on the 10th. So there's a difference. Uh, the ballot by mail is not uh, due on the 10th. Okay. So if you have a ballot by mail, that's not the deadline for the ballot by mail. It's the registering to vote that's, that, that is the deadline for the 10th. Well, I've okay. been registered to vote. Okay. So if, if you're already registered to vote, then you are still going to be able to vote. I, 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 and if for some reason, and let me just say this. Uh, if if some, so make sure you read the paperwork correctly because the tenth listen, is for registration. Well, listen, my dear, you have people in Austin mm-hmm. who have set out a rule that says you cannot send anybody anything uh, regarding voting by mail unless it is requested. Right. Did you request it? No. Well, I, this is what I'm saying. Before, always it was requested, and I always received it, whether I reminded them or not. Okay. The way it's set up, it, it, it's set up you are not certain whether you're going to get it or not. Well, let me tell you, Miss Gray. Here's what I'd like to tell you, because I I, I need to I go to the other caller, but I want you to do this for me. Okay. Uh, send okay. me an email at info at politicsdoneright.com info at politicsdoneright.com no 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 I don't have the ability to do that unfortunately oh, okay. 
Okay. Uh, well, let me ask you to do something else. If you are comfortable enough, leave your number with, uh, with Jack. And what we'll do is make sure and set you up so that somebody, if, if you can't vote by mail, somebody can pick you up to go vote. Okay. All right. All right. So, so uh, do that for me. We won't, you know, everybody has the right to vote. So that's what that, that, so if, yeah. if, if you are comfortable with doing that and that's what we'll do, uh, make sure that uh, you get a right to All vote right. if you okay. can't vote by mail. Okay. Thank you very much, ma'am. You have a wonderful rest of your day. And you also. Thank you. All right. All right, Johnny, come on in, my dear mayor of Politics Done Right. Speaking of politics done right, yes, uh, Saturday came in the mail from Galveston County a circular, not a circular, it was a little pamphlet, and I read through it, and I came mm -hmm. across something interesting that I was not aware of, so it's a good thing, just by accident, I read through it. Uh, on the 7th of next month, I think you guys are maybe talking about it just now. Uh -huh. On the 7th of next month, the state of Texas voters will have a chance to weigh in on, I think, 15 or 18 different state of Texas propositions or amendments to the Constitution. And yes. some of them are wacky, 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 wacky. Tell me about it. We went over that. Go ahead. Let me hear what's this wacky oh, one to you. We can discuss three or four of them in detail each time for the next few days, but that's not what I called. I okay. wanted to duck with Will's excellent observation, as usual, pointing out our country's double standard when it comes to foreign policy, how mm -hmm. we, right, right, I agree rightfully, that is my exception as a peace person and who doesn't believe in standing armies, our rightful, rightful position for supporting Ukraine against the, the big nasty bear to their east, while at the same time we are acting like a big bear supporting Israel who's pouncing upon the poor Palestinians. And to dovetail that comment, I would say that what happened with Israel, it didn't happen in a vacuum. This is the result of decades and decades of abuse and outright uh, a slaughter of a people. And, you know, what goes around comes around. And I criticized NPR a few days ago for three or four times in the first two hours when I woke up on Saturday where they mentioned the, this encouraging of Israel. And it was all one-sided. And then Joe, I hear, hear about Joe Biden and the Biden administration supporting Israel. But there's no word of full context. No full <coughs> context. And that's why the American people are done a disservice. You did a good thing by mentioning where people could go if they insist on following their news from mainstream media, like Ali Velshi, with, the, with regards to uh, Israel and uh, Palestine right now. So I would just add that. Because lacking full context, NPR does us a disservice to democracy. Yeah, I've been. Let me just tell you, Johnny. I've been watching the whole thing in horror. And let me let me just say, the the human side, you feel you feel horrendous for what you know. I saw them putting this young woman in a a a a, a, a van, taking her to Gaza. I know kidnapping her to Gaza. I know the horror in that girl's heart. I know and I know the terror that's going through that girl. I saw those kids that that concert being gunned down. I felt the terror that they felt. Well, I, I, I rather I can empathize with the terror that they felt. 
But I want just, but you know who else I empathize with? I empathize with the terror that the, the Palestinians feel when those buildings are falling down from a, a country that has all these weapons to decimate these areas under the pretext that we're trying to get the small percentage of terrorists in these lands. You wonder how hate gets fomented. And I'm not going to stay on this subject because I, I will get into it and it's not my area. So anyway, Johnny, anything else you want to add? I know it's not your area, according to what you said, which surprised me to hear that. But I would say what got to me was when the parents of Rachel Corey were told that her daughter was crushed to death by by a Israeli bulldozer right. back on the eve of United States war making on the people of Iraq. <coughs> this is a year and a half after 9-11 happened. Rachel mm-hmm. Corey was a young activist who had a conscience. She was from the north, uh, uh, the Pacific Northwest of the United States. Right. And she was there to help defend the, uh, a, a Palestinian family. And they, they bulldozed her, their house and they crushed her to death in front of all those people. And that's well, just also, one example. They also Dozens shot of- the reporter. They also shot a reporter who was reporting Fine. what was occurring. So, that's I mean, it's, it's common. But anyway, Johnny, let me jump to Derek. All right. Johnny. I'll just say that the Israeli government, not the Israeli people necessarily. No, we're talking to the government, yes. Right. That's that's why I criticize. I criticize the, the U.S. government because of Republicans, and I criticize the Israeli government because of the stranglehold that the right-wingers, i.e. Netanyahu, has on them. Okay, Johnny, I got to go. Thank you, Mayor Johnny. I need to go to Derek, so come on in, Derek. Thank you, Johnny. Derek, come on in. All right. Good morning, everybody. Uh, absolutely, Johnny. Uh, that I, I've heard a, a young uh, Israeli person that, that well, a Jewish person that called the radio station uh, yesterday, and and he's absolutely right. He says that he's white and Jewish, but he hears he hears no balance in the report. And he wants to hear both sides, and I don't blame him because in in Israel, Netanyahu has been doing. Very, very bad, badly, very, very poorly, and a lot of people wanted him out. Then all of a sudden, here we go. Uh, another uh, that now Hamas has attacked the, uh, Israel. Israel is in in at war. But well, you, we have to ask the question now. They are more sophisticated than any other areas over there. What happened to their intelligence? See, you can fool people. With that, who, who 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 buy into that? I know exactly but, what you're saying, Derek. Derek, you, you know nailed it. You, na- you know, let me. You know, I never believe it until you said that. Until you said that, I never thought about it. Wow! And everybody that's listening, understand what Derek is saying. He's saying the most sophisticated intelligence organization missed a very sophisticated operation against their own people when netanyahu is in trouble maybe he needed this to happen oh wow i gotta munch that a bit there uh, derek that's a very good observation sir yeah thank you and i will be giving to kpft I appreciate that. Don't forget to give in the name of politics done right. Uh, that is our uh, to, to make sure we're thick. But man, Derek, 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 I had not. 
thought about that. Anyway, thank you, brother. You have a good day. Let's go to Don. Don, you're on. Um, hello, uh, brother. Can you hear me? Yes, Don, I can. Can you hear me? Yes, oh, okay, I can. Okay, great. Thank you. Um, this is the first time I've had a chance to call. I'm a teacher and I listen to you every morning, but I'm just but, busy getting ready for school. But I, I know this topic uh, came up. I just wanted to add a little bit to it um, about the, the recent conflict. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a person, a member of the Houston area, and uh, I just wanted to encourage everyone to find, like you said, alternate sources of information because there are always two sides to an issue. And, um, you know, we have many friends who are Palestinian and the stories they tell us of their their lives and their families' lives um, are so hard. And I just think that we as Americans need to I guess, <laughs> branch out and try to learn more about other places. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been there and as well as just, like I said, have friends that are from that area. And so I think that, um, you know, what your previous callers said are true. And I think that I appreciate that you said um, there are certain sources of information that are better than others, um, you know, commentaries. Um, mm-hmm. So that's all, that's all I'm saying is I just hope that everyone can find out all the information they can. Maybe those sources are not always the best. We're not always told the full story. Thank you so Thank much. you so kindly for your call, Don, and absolutely so. And we'll continue to do that. And please, Don, you do that as well. Let people know their alternate sources, including right here at KPFT. Thank you so kindly for calling. I do. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. All right, folks, I'm going to throw it right back to the studio. But before I throw it to the studio, remember, you can go to K- uh, politicsunright.com slash newsletter for all the subjects in the that were to cover today that we didn't. Hey, Howard. Oh, Lord, I'm just sitting here asleep with not giving you time cues. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> Come on, man. Uh, I love you, brother. Come on. Yeah, I was listening into your show and uh, another fine show for the books. And we appreciate you and will, too. Well, thank good to hear your voice. Uh, nothing here to add, but uh, I think Jack has some wisdom for us, brother Jack. Uh, you know, on this on the subject of Israel, you know they've operated a really ruthless, cruel government since its inception, and I'm not down with it. All right, folks, that was Howard. I want to thank. I mean, that was Jack. I want to thank Howard and Jack for the great work in the studio. Uh, and folks, I thank you so kindly for your ears. Thank you so kindly for calling in. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right. And you guys know how I end this baby. I am what? Out! We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.